Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. So welcome in, guys. It is 2-22-2022, um, and it is, it's not 2-22 yet, but it's 6.33 a.m. where I am, 7.33 probably where a lot of you guys are, and that means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, for these morning shows as always, coffee in hand, Chelsea jersey wearing Scott Kennedy. Good morning to you, Scott. How you doing? Happy Champions League Tuesday, for sure. No, it's, is it, is it Aaron, is it D-Day for Aaron Rodgers? It's definitely Champions League Tuesday. I know that, uh, but we will we will see. There's been a lot of news for a quiet little Monday or Tuesday with you know 150 football players going to the NFL Combine again, and Aaron Rodgers up uh, reminiscing. Is he saying goodbye to the Packers or is he saying goodbye to football? Uh, I say hello to first day of the jersey with a little yellow trim. This is uh, this is this is Champions League day for me. So we got the got the the new background and uh, ready to ready to talk some football. Yeah, absolutely. Who does Chelsea end up playing today? Lille from France. Yeah, Lille. That's right. So only in the Europa League uh, tournaments, the Europa tournaments, UEFA tournaments, do you play teams from other countries. So it's very similar. Big time European soccer is very similar to college football if the conference championships meant something to other conferences other than the SEC. And um, you only, only played each other in those tournaments mm-hmm. and not you know, cross pollinate and have these, you know, Oh, we, you know, you played them. F- if you only played them in knockout tournaments instead of basically, you know, uh, regular season games. So it makes it really cool. It's kind of like it, the way college football was, you know, 10 years ago when you were playing 11 games and you might schedule Texas and Penn state in August mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that. And that game was a knockout game. So yep. it's, it's very cool. Very cool. Sounds very cool. I won't stand for the Big Ten slander, but other than that, it's all it's all good. Um, let's get DWI guys coming in. Say hey, good morning. Real quick on that one. The minute you don't make the big championship game and still make the playoff, they just told us the big cha- the Big Ten championship doesn't mean anything. Or what, what was you, it? Didn't they pick Ohio State when they didn't even make the championship game a couple years ago, or did they just lose it outright? Uh, I do not recall. Um, I, I, I thought that I think they, Ohio State got pipped and didn't even make the Big Ten championship game. The the Big Ten champion didn't make the playoffs, and Ohio State did. They, that told us all I needed to know about that. The, the Big Ten, what they thought of the Big Ten championship, and that's on them. Yeah, I do not remember that specific incident, but uh, you could be definitely right. Um, but I mean, God, Ohio State, one of the three best programs in football. I, I get it. Uh, good morning, Jensen Broncos country. Today looks like AR announces his decision. We'll see. There's going to be a lot of news today. Aaron Rodgers stuff. We'll get into that. We're going to get in the combine stuff. Also, guys, I'm nerding out because the Broncos are actually going to make their uh, coordinators available for a press conference today, which is kind of unheard of this early. So I'm hoping that we have some major uh, Dorcas conversation as far as major Dorcas. Yeah, God, I'm I want to hear what Ejiro Evero is going to do and uh, what are the concepts besides the anecdotal, you know, talking in platitudes. Oh, we want to throw the ball deep. We want to rush the quarterback. How? Tell me how and why. What makes you think he's going to tell you anything? What you guys always get into these press conferences like they're going to tell you anything. 
They don't tell you it, anything. If you ask pointed questions and you back them into a corner, I, I was in mock trial for four years because I was a major nerd in high yeah, school. You put these guys on trial and they're going to, they're going to pull your credential and kick you out of there. You know what? You're right. Um, that's why when I went to the combine <laughs> and I got to talk with Elway, I asked some questions that I don't think were as appreciated by Elway, but um, that's okay because I'm just some kid from Iowa who, you know, take away my credentials, whatever. Um, but, uh, we got DWI guys coming in saying, good morning, Jensen Broncos country today. Looks like AR announces a decision. Good to see you, Ethan Luke, Wright. Good morning, Nick and Scott with the coffee. Uh, we got running, uh, money more coming in saying Rogers isn't coming to the Broncos. Let's set our eyes elsewhere. We'll see. Um, who knows? Gosh, I think I read that as he's chasing after Shailene Woodley and feeling reminiscent and wants her back, but who knows? Uh, us Dave saying morning, all EJ's in the house saying morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country, sunny days here with the two twenty two twenty twenty two. Um, awesome. Uh, we got Deuce is wild. Yeah. Deuce is wild. Uh, RIP Canada. Don't know if that has to do with Ukraine or anything, who knows, or the winter Olympics, but, uh, all right, Sean Burns, good morning. We're going there, and we got uh, DWI saying, still no Pookie, Scott? What's this about? What is the inside joke? Uh, hit me an email on that one. I'm guessing that's a jersey having trouble finding its way mm-hmm. across the pond, but I don't know for okay. sure. That, that would be my guess. Okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't Pookie. I haven't been involved with the, with the sending of that, so I'll we'll figure it out offline. Okay. Rod Bass saying, Buenos Dias from Ecuador. Ecuador, beautiful country down there. I have a buddy who is uh, from Ecuador it looks like a beautiful, beautiful place. Love to get there. Some fun mountains that are worth climbing. Uh, we got uh, Dave Glassman saying Paxton Lynch cut by the Canada Football League. Have to laugh to not cry. Yeah, um, Paxton Lynch is gone. He's going to have a chance to go to the USFL. And it was always a likelihood because Paxton Lynch couldn't travel with his team because of his status in regard to the sick bug um because he wouldn't do things that canada wanted you to do so uh see you paxton good luck to you um sh- of major league when uh you know they're having an exhibition with the yankees and the indians and looks back clue haywood looks back says taylor what are you doing back up here and he says ah, i wasn't cutting at the mexican league eh, god he's <laughs> ah, paxton uh, wasn't cutting it in the cfl maybe he'll get another chance uh maybe we'll get another chance as a third quarterback somewhere else yeah and it- this is weird for me too. And I know this is, this is probably really opposite of a lot of people's thought process. And the Broncos probably should never have taken Paxton Lynch because of the inherent uh, characteristics you need for a quarterback as far as intelligence and drive. Uh, but taking a quarterback with arm talent and some athleticism at 26 overall in a draft where you didn't have a guy, I don't think in hindsight where I'm standing now, I didn't like it then. Cause I didn't like Paxton Lynch where I'm at now. I don't think that's a terrible shot. And it's kind of where I stand with a lot of guys in this class. The issue is when you spend, you should have known almost day one that this guy's a complete doofus and we messed up. So you go back to the draft, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson year or the year after that. It's this, the sin isn't taking the swing on the guy. Although if he's that much of a dumbass and you didn't know that that's a sin. Um, but it's then spending two or three years after he's obviously not the guy where you're like, oh, maybe he can me. No, you don't wait on dumbassery. I'm sorry. You go out there and get a better option at the quarterback position. Drives me insane. Um, But uh, that's that's just we've grown. That's where I'm at these days. Miguel, um, thanks for the stars. Says, good morning, fellas. Hope you're loving the snow. Nick, are you getting snow in Seattle? Oh, my God. Yes, there's about an inch, uh, half an inch on everything. I have to go out there and nice. scrape off the car. And it's it's a. Uh, icy too. yeah so and I'm, as hilly as seattle is that can be rough i mean i'm curious what clinic is going to look like this week um if because it's going to also not get above freezing we are on record lows uh these next few days as well we all our flowers are starting to pop in northern new mexico uh remember a couple days ago it seemed like you were really warm and it was really cold here well it's supposed to be in the 70s here in atlanta today so oh, 
Uh, Michael Ranquillo coming in. How many? I have to I have to like check again. Five thousand stars. Yeah, Michael. Yeah. Doing you, some you're the humblest, dude. That's I mean, awesome. just absolutely amazing what yeah. you're gonna do. So I, I've been thinking, like, when you, when you get your jersey, do you want a custom job? Do you want like MHH fan one or Ranquillo one on the back? Let us know. You can rock you, us for we, breakfast. We, we, <laughs> we can get a custom job. Mine says Champions of Europe on the back of it. So there you go. But they I had got... to earn that one along with these two stars. Oh, so nothing. All right. Um, <laughs> for the two times. So yeah, you, you let us know if you want a custom job on something like this, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Chris Hernandez says, Good morning, all. Enjoy the show. We'll enjoy you being here, Chris. Yeah. Thank thanks, you Chris. very much. And right. And uh, Michael's also coming with more stars. Just say hello to everybody else. Man. So. What kind of guy? Jacob coming in. Everybody's checking in today. Jacob with big stars today. So we're off to a flying start. What do you guys want to talk about? This is your show today. So I know we wanted to talk a little bit about the combine. And yeah, and uh, and, and Chris likes this about, you know, having a, a statute of limitations on dumbassery. You know, I'll forgive you once. But man, don't keep making this. We talked about this. Don't keep compounding mistakes. Yeah. had this discussion building a baseball team. It's like, okay, you made a mistake taking this guy. Oh, well, we can't take another player because that'll put us at 13. I'm like, well, we're at 12 because you took the kid you weren't supposed to. Don't turn away this freaking stud because you took this kid. You know, no. don't keep compounding mistakes. Don't yep. be afraid to fix it, which was what uh, Nick was saying, which was a good point. Yeah, and if there's any position that it's worth over-investing in, it is the quarterback position because if teams like the – Colts are willing to give up a second round pick and a future first and teams like the Panthers are willing to give up multiple day two picks for quarterbacks who have been legit trash in the league. Um, you can still typically get a decent return on your investment, even if they're not the guy. So uh, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, the biggest issue is when you commit too long on the wrong guy, uh, then those are years down the drain. Uh, Peter Middleton coming in. Why so many are against it this year? Maybe because of their stats would be bad in comparison to previous years. Is he discussing drafting a, quarterback i don't know what that means i was hoping you did um maybe he's talking about the nfl combine here which is the title of the episode why are so many against it here um so the big thing was they were nfl uh very hypocritical um after opening up everything for money for the at the super bowl uh definitely normal money but you might say common sense also depending on which side of the coin you're on yeah oh okay but um why would they have it for one and not the other? Because they're not getting money for opening the combine in comparison to the Super Bowl. Until your broadcast partner starts saying, hey, you yeah. know, we got a problem here. And again, I blame lawyers for everything. <laughs> Ethan DWI, I, I apologize. But the the in this country, the, the civility, I call it the tyranny of the minority. You know, and I don't mean skin color or anything like that. I mean, one million people walk through Starbucks with their dogs. One dog bites somebody out of a million, and all of a sudden you cannot have dogs anymore. That is one out of a million, and that is a tyranny of the minority because the one dog cost Starbucks $50 million. Mm. And that's insane. So this, again, the illusion of security, that's what the NFL Combine was trying to do, the illusion of security, the illusion of safety with a bunch of healthy know. athletes who have the technology and everything available to keep themselves safe. And they're trying to, to squeeze them down because of liability concerns, not because anybody's worried about getting sick, not because anybody's worried about their health, but for liability. And that's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. I'm I off think my part of it now, at least for a little while. I think a lot of it too is the NFL combine. They always do it where it's essentially, I don't know if we have any 
Greek life people in here, but they're, these, they're making these guys pledge. It's a pledge period where they're hazing these prospects, almost essentially, where they're getting no sleep. They they have to be up at the medical building at 3 a.m. They're asking them really inappropriate questions. I mean, it sounds like they're pledging and hazing these uh, the heck out of these prospects, and part of it, too, was making them uncomfortable, and you know what makes you uncomfortable? If your team, your uh, trainers, your coaches, et cetera, et cetera, aren't allowed there. They're trying to throw you off your game to see what you look like in adversity situations. They went a little bit too far and also a lot of leverage with the players in this situation because we didn't have a combine last year. Guess what? The best players were still taken for the most part at the top of the draft. The combines and teams, for the most part, a lot of teams I know for a fact are starting to go away from these archaic, I'll just call it archaic, combine measurements because they have GPS data, which you know what matters more than running a 40-yard dash? What a guy actually measures at, what his what his jewels are when he makes contact with a player. Not just um, on Game the field. speed, baby. Game speed. Yes, exactly. So um, what really matters for the NFL combine as far as player evaluation is the medicals, um, the size measurements and the interviews. But the actually te- actual testing, it's fun. It's it's big money for TV um, because this is, I mean, NFL 365 days a year. They're still on the clock, right? Even though the season's over, you're still making yeah, money gotta have content. And it's good good content for them. And it's B-roll that they can use on all their talking shows for the next six months. It's driving the narrative. And also it is the combine happening a big time business because this is where a lot of connections and information gets out. You're going to notice after the combine that a lot of new narratives will pop up and a lot of mock drafts and stuff like that will shift drastically. What changed? Not not the information as far as the actual combine. It's the information from these media folks and the teams and the players that are all getting uh, circulated after hours, having a few drinks at St. Elmo's, um, and uh, new information comes out there. So it's it's a big event, but the combine itself, for the event that it itself is with the testing, I think I think it might be going away. I could see that to to a sense going away in teams, players specifically leaning into the pro days because you're still getting the measurements. It's a, why, if I'm a quarterback, if let's say, let's say I'm a quarterback and I'm going to the NFL combine, why would I want to throw at the NFL combine with receivers? I've never thrown before when, when I can have a very regimented uh, program at my pro day with receivers that I've thrown with every day for months. Now it just doesn't make sense. And, that, and that's sense. what I said about Kenny Pickett. I uh, go into the senior bowl. I applaud the fact that Kenny Pickett went to the senior bowl, yeah. but he had really nothing to gain there. He really didn't. You know, in the interviews. Yeah, but he went out there and it's tough. You know, you you want these guys to compete. You want to see that they can compete. uh, But at some point when you're, you know, being talked about in the top 10, there's only one way to go down, Um, you know, and so it's it's tough. I get it. I get it. The combine won't go away. It just may be more for day two guys. It may be third through seven, third through 10, trying to get up in their their seven guys, which is. Which is good. I mean, again, that's how you're going to help build your team. I want to know, like, the pro days are fine and stuff, and make sure you get those measurements, but not everybody can make every single pro day. So the nope. combine combines. I mean, that's yep. two different word, uses of the same word. But if I go to one place and see 150 guys, as opposed to having to go to, you know, 60 places to see 150 guys, it makes it a whole lot easier on me. Yeah, I just could see the top guys – opting out of the actual events on um, themselves other than the interviews, the medicals, uh, but the actual, you know, 40 yard dash dash. I don't know if I'd make them do it because if you can't tell I'm fast by the tape, then what are we doing here? It's confirmation to the tape. And a lot of teams use the combine to separate guys who are close. Um, and a, 
it's a scouting cliche, but I love it. It's really stuck with me. I think it was Bucky Brooks who said it, where people want a lot of teams right now are getting their boards set together because you want to make sure that you're getting these players in the right neighborhood, right range of where they're at, and then use the combine, some other, other data to find them the right house. So you want to make sure that you get them in the right general area. And then once you have them in that cluster, maybe something like arm length, uh, the 40 yard dash or, or a medical or an interview will get them into their specific house and slot your big board. Addison uh, has a, has a nice question at uh, 45 after I want to come back to you. Cause I want to put a bow on this one uh, with Peter coming back. Said, would you really rise someone up the draft board due to their combine results? Absolutely. Yeah. Or worse. If you move one guy down, however many places you move down, that many guys just moved up. So I, I love Jeremy Johnson. I think Jeremy Johnson could be a, a top 10 guy if he can confirm the athleticism that he shows on the field. And it's not just happenstance, you know, I mean, he's shown to be a good player, but there's still got to be that the guys at the very top have top level athleticism, top level production. I've seen the production. I've seen it. Now I also want to know, is it going to translate once he goes up against NFL sized, skilled, aged players? Cause you're not just going against college guys anymore. You're going against guys that were, better than all these college guys that have survived the NFL for mm -hmm. three to 10 years. Yep. So it's not just beating up your peers. You know, you can, there's a zillion, especially the quarterback position that were really good college quarterbacks and running back position, really good college running backs, but they, they just didn't have the physical ability to take the next step. So yeah, absolutely. I'm very interested in Aiden Hutchinson's numbers. I'm very interested in Kayvon Thibodeau's numbers. Yep. Uh, all of these edges, Majai Sanders, Jermaine Johnson. I, I I can't wait. I want to see Travis Jones. I want to see all these guys. Yep. Absolutely, it makes a difference. It's not how you – it will help you sort your board. It's not going to get a guy onto the board or off of the board. It can get a guy off the board. I was going to say it can get a guy off the board because some teams have some very strict measurements. But you know what I mean. If I got yeah, a guy yeah. in the top first round, he's not going to fall off the board. I might say, okay, let's slide him down to the second. Unless he fails a medical or something, you know, but there's, yeah, there's, there's things like I know for, again, this is just hearsay. And I feel like every single thing we've heard from George Payton so far over the last year um, should take, be taken with a little skepticism. I think in a past life, uh, George Payton was a CIA agent in a cold war. I mean, what did just, I just say about press conferences, Nick? Yeah. BS via coach speak. George Payton's a masterclass in that. Um, but as far as, oh man, I lost, I lost my point. Um, oh, yeah, Broncos apparently have a pretty strict and stringent threshold on hand size. That would maybe take Kenny Pickett completely off their board, if not kick him down the draft class. Um, if he doesn't come in at, I think, nine to nine and a quarter, which is not likely. Um, otherwise, they'd love they know him. So, going in, so he, he might yes. not be on the board. They just need to confirm it, though. You know, but you know um, what I you know what I'm you know yes. what I mean. Yep. You know, there might be a guy, but yes, combine results matter. They absolutely matter. Or they wouldn't do it. And they wouldn't send a scout to every single one of those. And guess what? Oh, it was a handheld time. Watch what every scout has in their hand when they're watching these events. They got their own watch, too. <laughs> Who was it? Every Charles Casserly? That was like a minute down the every site. Single, I always shot mine like this. I always pointed and shot it like pulling a trigger. Yeah. Um, Addison coming in. Appreciate the super, my friend. He says, if the rumors are true about Brady going to the 49ers, I'd like the Broncos to try and steal Lance. One first and a second and a third would do it. You think? All right, I'll hit on this one first, Nick, and then I'll hand it over to you. Um, I didn't know about the rumors for Brady to the 49ers, honestly. I, I hadn't seen that, haven't been paying that close attention to it. Um, but no, I don't think 
a team that gave up three first rounders is going to take a first, a second, and a third for their for their second year guy, unless they don't want him. Yeah. And if they because for a 40, how old is he now? I don't know. He's too old for maybe one more year. Otherwise, you'd want him to sit for one more year and come in in year three. And now I still have three years of cost control over Trey Lance with Tom Brady coming. I'm not I'm not giving away Trey Lance unless it's because I don't want him. And if they're yeah. willing to give him away for one first and a second and a third after spending three firsts on him, you don't want him either. I think that um, I, I agree with you there. However, if it was two ones and a two, maybe they start to get interested because maybe they think they can get two years of Brady, three years of Brady left, um, especially in that system where he is going to be protected a lot by the run game. Um, so I would be interested. And I know there is a lot of discourse with uh, Trey Lance last year, you know, one year of tape when he was 18 years old, uh, moving over from safety to quarterback a year off, you know, and North Dakota state, all these things. If Trey Lance was in this draft, he would be going 1.1 overall. The Jags would be trading out and somebody would be giving up a bleep ton uh, to move up to get Trey Lance um, because there's not another quarterback in this class that possesses his combination of clean ish mechanics and tools. Malik Willis is probably the most similar, but Malik Willis is what four years older, three years older than Trey Lance was uh, coming out. And I think his, Throwing mechanics are worse than uh, Trey Lance as well. So, I mean, God, um, also people rave about Trey Lance's intelligence. So I I don't think the 49ers will trade him. You know, he gave up all that. I agree with you. He's still young. Ideally, you have a succession plan there. Um, but maybe if the Broncos if, were they're willing to give him up for a first, a second, or third, that's you don't little. want him. Yep, that's they're, too little. Yeah, that's that's too low. Yep. You know, if you offer if you offer something lower than that and then you raise it to that, obviously nobody takes the first offer anyway. Yeah. So if you say, we'll give you a first and a second, and they say no, and you kick in a third and they say yes, run. Run yeah. and hide. There was an old saying with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I think it was, he actually, it was Lou Pinella who ended up in Seattle at the time. Oh, I so remember Lou. He said, if the Atlanta Braves come to you and start talking pitchers, run and hide. <laughs> run and hide, because they're either going to rob you or they're going to dump a guy that they don't want. Mm -hmm. So I feel that way about Trey Lance. If, if you can get him for a first, it's because the 49ers don't want them anymore. They're not, there's no way they give up on them that quick for yep. a, a first, a second, and a third for what they poured into him, unless they don't want him anymore. And uh, Ethan earlier was talking about Javante Williams. He wants him in our banner. Um, oh, so okay. <laughs> I, I don't in charge of that, but I got to say it would be very off brand for me personally to feature a running back in anything. Um, so uh, that would be, I think that would be against the spirit of the show that I'm involved in. Although I do love Javante Williams. Um, speaking of, Positional value, uh, Sean Burns coming in. Should the Broncos go after value or position when it comes to the first pick in this draft? Um, the Broncos are sitting at nine, and that means there are eight picks in front of them with countless situations. If you guys remember, we're going to do math on the show, factorial, right? Uh, there's The amount of situations are possible is nine factorial, um, where it could play out in a certain different way. So countless uh, situations for the Broncos. I, I think my math is wrong. Somebody's going to at me. Actually, it's eight or something. I don't know. Um, but uh who knows how the Broncos are going to play out. You're a team that is picking in the top 10 for the second straight year at nine. You're a team that has had what three or four straight losing seasons. You haven't made the playoffs since 2015. You need to go with value and see who the board is there. And who's the most likely to be a, who's the most likely to end up a pro bowler slash hall of famer with that pick. That's how you need to look at it. Obviously you want to bake in positional value um, to an extent like Tyler Linderbaum. I love him. He's six foot two, 290 pounds. You know, that's 
that's a concern, especially when you're going up against nose guards. Um, and like Chris Jones, who's 6'5", 300 with 35-inch arms, like Tyler Linderbaum might get eaten by Chris Jones. Yeah, I don't want that matchup. Um, so that's that's some stuff you want to bake in. But you still always go with uh, value when it comes to the draft regardless. You want to set yourself up roster-wise in free agency where you don't have those holes or you have options available post-draft where you can fill those holes. You don't want to go in where it's like, if I don't draft position X at slot nine, my season's over and I can't function as a team. You've already failed at that point. Um, so you want to go with value. Maybe Kyle Hamilton falls. Maybe you love Derek Stingley. Maybe it's Devin Lloyd. I, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. This is a wild uh, draft after the first four or five picks. Um, so we'll see, but you always want to go with value. Sean, the best drafts are when you can when you can match the best player available with a need, mm-hmm. um, but you don't want to reach for a need to fill. You don't want to reach yep. pass over best players to reach to fill a need. That's hitting up with guys that can't play. Yep. And what will kill you isn't filling the need, isn't missing on the need. It's getting guys on your roster and wasting the opportunity cost of a guy that can't play. Absolutely. Mark Schrader. I don't think we gave him a shout out earlier, but good morning guys. From yeah, Tyler he came too. back in and I scrolled off of him too. So uh, he's got a, he's got a super question in here as well. Mark, it was about who are our favorite night. I started looking at, here it is. That's the one I'm looking for. So good morning guys from Tyler, Texas. And thanks for the humongous stars again, Mark. So who are your top t- one or two offensive tackles after the first round? Nick, I'll let you go ahead and go first. After the first round? Okay, so the Broncos are going to be looking... Okay, and I've got... And I'll say that Penning and Cross are in the first round. Everybody else is available. Yeah, so um, the Broncos are going to be looking for wide zone uh, style tackles. So that stylistically, we're looking for something... The antithesis of Daniel Flayle, who is like 6'8", 400 pounds, who... You know, not really going to be good at reach blocking, not going to be great at getting to the second level and getting to a spot um, that is required for the zone scheme. So um, I'm I know he's one that everybody loves to talk about, but I don't think it's happening with him for Denver this year. Um, I'm going to throw out three different names here off the top of my head. That makes some sense to me. There's Nicholas Petit Freer um, from Ohio State. Now he did get taken to the woodshed by Aiden Hutchinson, who, you know, half-manned him and uh, played him to his chest. I'm a little bit concerned with uh, Nicholas Petit-Friere because I don't see functional anchor strength. Um, I think he's better at right tackle than left tackle. He moves well, but when you go at him, he can get displaced. Uh, Talking about him, end of the third round, though, he's got the movement skills and the size to actually play tackle. So that's, I think, that's a calculated shot if you think you can work on that anchor. Some teams do, some teams don't. We'll see. Um, Max Mitchell is one who can, uh, intrigues me a lot from Louisiana. He's a developmental right tackle. No doubt. Also talking mid third, you're talking about outside the first round, typically tackles a first round or bus position. Um, he's one as well. That makes some sense. And then, um, also it'd probably take a year to work on his run blocking, but I thought that there are flashes there, especially with pass protection. He's got the size, uh, Abraham Lucas from Washington state, um, a little bit of versatility, left tackle, right tackle. Um, he's been hyped up as a pass protector for years gonna probably gonna need some time for the run scheme stuff but i think he moves well enough not incredibly but moves well enough where he's somebody that you could uh, consider their end of day two as well so uh i i'm a little surprised i didn't know where he was ranked uh when you talked about abraham lucas so i was like is he like a seventh round guy because mark's saying the top one or two guys i'm like i don't know if he comes up that high but i, I liked him when i was going through Whose video did I do last night? One of the edge guys. Um, I think it may have been uh, Kingsley and Egbari. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to check, but I couldn't use his one-on-ones because Abraham Lucas stoned him. 
So no. when I have Abraham Lucas video, when I cut his up uh, in the next day or so, you're gonna see you're gonna see uh, Kingsley and Igbari running into a a brick wall um, on the edge and uh, just a huge base. One of those guys that could sit back and rock back and still control a guy without getting bent all the way backwards, like you saw Travis Jones doing with some of the guys. Let me uh, let me bring up a video file for you here real quick um, because another guy I like to talk about developmental guys is Braxton Jones. Mm -hmm. out yep. of southern utah so i did his video just a a day or so ago oh it was majai sanders it wasn't kingsley it was majai sanders who uh had his hands full with abraham lucas and then braxton jones seven foot wingspan on this kid so you know really light on his feet and has a huge he's six five already you know he's six five 306 pounds and you know when we're talking tackles you know i i think if you're taking a guy you know out of, out of the first round you don't care if it's left or right or whatnot but you know great feet look at the base on him and the reach so i really like braxton jones yeah i think i think he is definitely a guy to watch and i thought that that abraham uh, lucas was a nice shout nick yeah, uh there's a kid you. from virginia tech coming off the left end right tackle how's that look on your right tackle be okay yeah uh, i would say so um and this you, is him going against kingsley um the edge from from south carolina so I, I really, I do. I really like him. Uh, appreciate yeah. the question mark. So Braxton Jones, a smaller school guy to watch. And then I don't think you mentioned uh, Bernard Raymond, central. Michigan. I think he's a first rounder. Okay. Um, I would be shocked if he doesn't go in the first 25 picks from what okay. I heard. Six, six, three Oh four. Um, he's an excellent zone fit. Like yeah. he, if someone, he's there at 40, keep an eye on and Kareem Gomez had a question just about that same time, about 10 minutes ago, aside from the 40 times, what drill do you look forward to the most to me? Honestly, Kareem, the 40 times are for show. Uh, it's kind of like tenure? it's kind of like it's kind of like batting practice in the home run derby, you know. Yeah. You know, when there anybody can hit home runs in batting practice. The forty times, you know, I, I watch these trained up white kids in North Metro Atlanta who've had personal trainers from the time they were twelve years old, ripping off four fives, mm -hmm. you know. But they're not athletes. They're not great athletes. Yeah. Because what I want to see then is the shuttle, the L cone, the broad jump. The vertical jump, the change of direction, and the explosion drills. I like all four of those. Maybe not all four of those, but I definitely like the L cone and shuttle better than the 40, without a yeah. doubt. So yeah, when I me. used to when I used to get combine events from high school, uh, I would sort because honestly, people didn't realize how important they were, so they didn't cheat them as bad either. Um, but I would sort, I'd sort my spreadsheet by uh by shuttle time and by L cone time from from lowest to highest. I'm like, here are your athletes right here. Forget the 40 time. If you yeah. say, if you see one of these guys run a, you know, a sub four, you know, they can, they can play any position they want in the NFL. So yeah. uh, look at, look at your shuttle times, look at your L cones or three cone drill. Same, same thing. Good question though. Good question. Yeah. For me, um, 40 yard dash is overhyped, but what's not overhyped of it is the 10 yard split from the 40 yard dash. Um, how quickly you can get up to top speed um, matters for every position. So the 10 yard split, if you can take that you know out of the 40, that shows up, Nick, the shuttle. Yep. On the that's shuttle. Your burst. Yep. Yep. Uh, a guy that's got a good 10 yard split is going to be an advanced uh, shuttle because that's your burst. That's your change of direction. That's yep. your, your power and your butt hips and, and legs and yep. thighs and in, in your explosion. So your change of direction in there. So I agree with you. And uh, I just kind of look at it in a different area sometimes. Totally. I uh, also, I think football players that I like are explosive. And the best way to measure explosion is uh, 
the jumps. It's the lower body jumps. The vert and the broad are very valuable. Um, bench press, I don't really care so much about. Also, this one is maybe going to be a little bit glossed over, but as far as event, I think the the measurements as far as the size really do matter because big guys who run fast are better than small guys who run fast. <laughs> so if I have a guy who's 6'5", 260, running a 4'5", 40, versus a guy who is 6'1", 220, um, and they play the same position, by God, the six foot five guy is incredible and a much better prospect uh, f- for the most part. Obviously, there could be circumstances that don't make that the case. And uh, guys, Stacey, identification real quick. Broncos for breakfast. Thanks for joining in. I only see 11 likes right now um, on my side of things, Out, of, but there's 163 people walking. So please. That's different. The only one you see are the Facebook ones. Well, Facebook, step it up, baby. You also so, have yeah, we, got, we got 30 on Facebook, and I just liked one because I'm one of, the, one of the folks watching. So the folks on Facebook that have watched, Amy? Mark, Brandon, Ken Booker, Aaron Johnson, uh, Kareem, and then there's five more that I can't see. Yep, it says plus five more. But either way, we also got an angry react from Brandon Smallwood. I'm sorry, Brandon. <laughs> from Brandon. Brandon's pissed. Brandon, what are you mad about? Brandon Brandon's, Brandon Smallwood's mad at us. Mad yeah, at he, something. Yeah, let's get mad online, baby. It's a good that's time. Okay. I'm, I'm always, I'm always, you know, that's, that's, that's my secret. secret. You know my secret? I'm always angry. Yep, exactly. Um, Wyatt Horning coming in. Go Hawks, Wyatt. Good to see you. Trading back to 15-ish and bringing in more draft capital is the option I think they should take. Draft to tackle our edge with that pick. Then use capital to trade back in the first and grab a position you didn't take, whether it be tackle or edge. Um, ideally, that'd be, that would be great. Um, I would honestly like to trade back further than 15 because the further back you go, the more likely you're going to be getting a future first-round pick. And if you're not getting a quarterback this year, you need to put yourself in a position like the honestly kind of like the Eagles are right now where they have three first round picks bad year to have three first round picks um, compared to some other years, but still they have three first round picks. That's going to help them tremendously. Um, So I'm looking to trade back even further, uh, hopefully to get myself better 2023 capital, Um, but you're right. Tackle and edge. Those are two positions that the Broncos need. They're set up to make an investment on. And I just, I wrote, um, I was very busy yesterday. Scott, I went to the office at like, you know, right after the show and was there until about 9 p.m. Um, I did a bunch of work at, at work for President's Day, but I also sat down and wrote four articles for Chad. I told I, I told you I'd get through to my uh, February number. Um, but uh, Broncos last year, we've talked about it on here a few times. 32nd per ESPN's pass rush win rate. Worst pass rush team in the NFL. Um, 31st, according to Pro Football Focus, it's either the Falcons or the Broncos that are the worst in the defensive line. It's amazing how many similarities yeah. we have. It's like, yep. you don't want to talk Falcons and Broncos, but my God, yeah, they're right here in so many things, including draft pick, bad pass rush. Yep, horrible pass rush, but also the investment on the Broncos defensive front right now. Now, I know Shelby Harris got a decent sized contract, so you this one's a little tongue-in-cheek to make my point, but how many, okay, out of the Broncos' top Eight snap earners on the defensive line, edge rusher and interior defensive line. How many of them were seventh round picks or undrafted free agent? All right, say it again because I was answering uh, okay. Travis's. When is the combine this year? I usually know and watch some of it. I think it's the the, the April. No, the combine. I'm sorry, the draft is April 28th. The combine is coming up. I think it's March first. Couple weeks. I think the events kick off March 3rd, but like interviews and stuff kick off March 1st. Yeah, that's that's in two weeks. So um, probably two weeks from Thursday, somewhere in that neighborhood. So yep. I, so when I said 428, that's that's combine. So yep. all the pro days for the next six weeks after the combine. 100%. But the Broncos defensive line, how the team is built. Um, maybe this is building the Broncos topic, but I digress. Um, you had your eight top snap earners that had 300 plus snaps last year on the defensive line, edge rusher and interior defensive line. Mm-hmm. How many of those eight... Eight players were either seventh round picks 
or undrafted free agents. I, I don't know what everybody did. Um, you know, Malik Willis, I don't know where he was gotten. I know that Jonathan Cooper was a seventh round pick, but I don't know the other guys as much to yep. know. Um, Every single, the only player on the Broncos fr- uh, front last year that played 300 plus snaps out of eight players that was not a seventh round pick or an undrafted free agent was Draymond Jones. Every single other one of your players up front was either an undrafted free agent or a former seventh round pick. Now, obviously Shelby Harris has outdone his seventh round draft status, but that's a unit that is not littered with premium investments. Um, as far as draft capital goes and guess Defense what happens? Line doesn't matter. Oh Front seven God. doesn't matter. Those you're not getting the body types that you need there. Um, it's such a, such a niche and specific type of bodies that you need. Um, so well, it's yeah, time. I, this is a draft. It's time. It is time. You could go three edge guys. I've done mocks where I've gone three edges. You know, you could do that for the Broncos. Literally, you could go three edges. You got how many? How many picks do you have in the top one hundred? Five. Five. You could go three edges in the top one hundred. No doubt yep. in my mind. Yep. Often the tackle with one of the other ones. Yep. But uh, this is a very much a you get what you pay for, and I don't think Harris. I think Harris is a fine, you know, C plus level starter compared to the league. Um, Draymond's probably a B B plus, but your front seven last year was bad. Um, and you have some hope with some young guys, but they were bad. And everybody's like, oh, see, this is why Vic Fangio is bad. Vic Fangio squeezed ro- blood out of a rock last year when the Broncos front seven, especially at the linebacker position. The fact that they were the number three scoring defense, despite the issues on the, the front seven is insane to me. Um, so again, this is a, <laughs> this Broncos team needs to invest in the defensive front in the worst way. I know quarterback clouds everything as it should, because it's that valuable, but you lack the horses up front, period end of story. And until you get that, you're going to, I expect pretty big regression this year from the defense because of that. So uh, BX Bronco Jedi says, which three could we get? Okay. Let's say you get uh, one of the, you get one of the guys in the first round uh, at, at nine, David, a job, a job, boy, with your first pick in the second round, Majai Sanders with your second pick in the second round, all three of those guys could, could be available um, at that time. So, you know, you go back to the senior bowl stuff and I look at, I look at edge. Uh, let me see. Sam Williams could be there at 40. Love him. D'Angelo Malone should be available later. Uh, 6'3", 235 pounds, 80-inch uh, wingspan, and bounces up and down like a friggin' pogo stick. I love his energy from Western Kentucky. Late rounds. Uh, I mentioned Boye Mafe. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Tyreek Smith. Uh, uh, Kingsley and Enigbari could be second-round, third-round guy. Um, who is it? You mentioned... Uh, was there a Cameron Thomas? I didn't see Cameron Thomas play edge, but he, another uh, one that could be in that neighborhood. So, you know, maybe Jermaine Johnson's there at nine. There's yeah. edges that could have, again, there could be three in the top 100 that you could be really excited about. And that's fun. That's that's going to be fun. Yep. Absolutely. It will be fun. Um, some other names that are worth talking about. Uh, Sam Williams, he's going to have to answer for a sexual battery uh, charge that was dropped. But still, I mean, that's that's a serious um, thing that's happened. So that's that's why the draft process matters, because you're going to flesh that out. Um, but he is an incredibly explosive athlete. Um, a lot of fun to watch. Um, God, that um, Malik Willis uh, Ole Miss game. Sam Williams was just hunting him the whole game. I really like Arnold Ebiketti from Penn State as well. Uh, Jesse Lucetta, who played he Jesse Lucetta is going to be used all across. He's going to be Sam. He's going to be Mike. He's going to be Will. He's going to be dropped down playing in the line of scrimmage. I really like Jesse Lucetta as well. Is this uh, Sam Williams? That's Sam Williams. Yep. You can yep. just keep talking. I'll let this roll under while you're, while you're going through them. Um, Logan Hall intrigues me as well as somebody who uh, super long um, your base end that can kick into three tech on some uh, downs. And I think what is teams playing sub package 
70% of the time in today's NFL. So people are like, oh, what is he going to play in the 3 4 4 3? It's like, you know what? You're going to be rotating and playing different fronts so often anyway, you're going to find a usage for him. Um, it really depends more on the the technique you're demanding from your uh, defensive lineman more than the the front that you're using. But I digress. Uh, Drake Jackson is somebody also who is hyped up as a pick. A yeah. lot of tools, still really young. Three in the top 100 is not out of the question. That's it's, what you're pointing at. Yeah. like you could go three edge guys and you could use them. Yep, you could absolutely. use them for sure. Absolutely. And uh, Trevon Walker from Georgia is getting massive hype right now. Um, Daniel Jeremiah said recently that teams think that he's going to be a uh, could be picked before Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, and Hall is kind of a defensive tackle, but he's also an edge. We got from uh, Jedi Bronco here. Um, he's kind of a tweener right now. You could see him play in both spots um, where I think these rotational players is also going to become more and more of a thing. Guys who where they are in base package is different than sub package. Kind of like what we're seeing with Micah Parsons. Um, you get smaller and you rotate further in the more you are in the pass game. So Micah Parsons goes from off ball to edge rusher and pass downs. Logan Hall goes from edge to three technique uh, in those pass down situations. So again, we've mentioned before, this is maybe not the draft you want to be in the top five. But by goodness, it's going to be a fun draft to try and and load up on depth, talented depth players in the trenches. And again, looking at the Broncos, looking at the Falcons, that's an exciting proposition because you could use an injection of, of youth and talent in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And there's a bunch of good players there. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. One guy that I don't really like um, in this edge group, but it's because I'm so out on finesse guys who don't have pop when they uh, converting no speed to power means I'm out. Nick, Benito, mm-hmm. Nick Benito. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't get it. But uh, other than that, it's a really good edge class where a lot of these guys ranked in the top 100. I would take, any of them personally, I like the more power guys that are the pocket crunchers that are good on first and second down um, because I want to have third and long so I can work some more unique blitz packages, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. I'm mean, it's going to be fun. Colin says, I'd like to see a, a show where we go back over your draft predictions from last year and see how accurate you were. Uh, th- this, this one for me, will go a lot deeper. Um, you know, we've had a year and we'll got another six weeks to go after this one. So I'll be able to go a lot deeper on these guys. Um, the one that I was highest on that I was most vocal about teams passing over was Justin Fields. So that's mm-hmm. the one that we're going to have to watch. Um, I love the guys in the top 12 of this draft. And so far I haven't seen a miss on a position player. Have you, you know, of the, no. of the top 12 in this draft of position players, uh, you know, my prediction about last year's draft was you're either going to get your quarterback of the future or, you know, think you might, yeah. or you are going to get an exciting prospect that you'll have fun watching, help your team play right away. And I said that because knowing the quarterbacks usually stink their first year. Yep. Flat out. Everybody with these hot takes ready to write off these quarterbacks. Most of them are going to really bad teams. Mm-hmm. That's why they're that's why they're there. The one that had the most success, holy cow, he went to a decent team. Are you kidding? He was you also know, the one that was asked. Trevor Lawrence was that they were gonna get him killed. That yeah. was the fear with Trevor Lawrence. Not that he couldn't play the game, but the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars couldn't play football. That's yeah. the fear. Um Justin Fields, you know, I, I still like the potential. Is he ready to go? Not just yet. Zach Wilson, the Jets. Oh, I feel anybody has to go to the first. Anybody has to go to the Jets. But Zach Wilson, what scared me about him watching him in the NFL last year was he seemed to struggle the most when he had time. Yeah. When he was able to freelance and bust the pocket and just you let talent, God-given talent take over. But as uh, someone I once worked with a little bit said a long time ago, a busted play is no uh, – a busted play is no way to run an offense. That's that's no way to sustain an offense. And that's when he was best. You let him sit back there and pick something out, he's making bad decisions. 
Yeah. Um, and then we didn't see anything in Trey Lance. So, you know, I wasn't expecting much out of the quarterbacks this year. They're they're yeah. rookies. Yep. So let's see what the, what Jacksonville can can do for them uh, after the fact. So. Oh my God, G. G- <laughs> <laughs> Last deposit into the TFARF fund. TFARF. Today will be the day. You think so? You think today will be the day? Do we think we'll know today? If Aaron I, says I'm leaving, it's not the day yet because then you got to go get him. If he says I'm staying, I think it's done. I'm I'm going to finish my career in Green Bay. If he comes out and says that, I think he's done. I think that that would be it. Or if he retires and he's done, I don't think he's retiring. I I just blacked out. <laughs> what year is it? Um, Ethan, my God. Uh, it could be today. Um, they obviously have the Pat McAfee show, and you have uh, Brian Gutekunst is going to have a. Uh, interview or a press conference in I think Wednesday. So hopefully we'll have more then, but uh, who knows um, on the other note, will uh, Broncos be picking up Fant fifth year option? I, w- I, th- I would think they would um, just because like when you look at Fant, it's like, Oh, he hasn't done enough. He was a Broncos leading target guy last year. I mean, you stack him up against other tight ends and historically tight ends take, you know, three to four years to develop. And also this is a scheme that Fant should be better in. Um, he had career high in receptions last year. Uh, yeah. Teddy, Teddy ruined Fant. He had his career high in receptions. Yeah. How, how ruined could he have been? And Fant does need to be better uh, after the catch. No doubt about it. He needs to be, I mean, you're six foot five, 255 pounds as an athlete. Like sometimes you need to make a guy miss, especially a defensive back that you're, we are scheming you to have a one-on-one in space against this safety. Go make a play. Just not enough plays in that situation. So where, where was he drafted? What, what, what 20th what overall was he? 20th. 20th overall. So that's fairly close to where Calvin Ridley was pay- taken. And Calvin Ridley's pick was supposed to, uh, his option was supposed to be 11 million this year. Yeah. So his fifth year option, let's just call it inflation, uh, two spots down. Let's call it 12 million. Um, it depends. If that TFAR fund comes through, you might not have an extra 8 million for, for, for fan. You can make a lot of money next year. Um, you have a lot of, uh, movable cap space in 2023. Um, so yeah. if you have to, you can, no if doubt you about have it. have to. Yeah. But- do you want to try and move, you know, $8 million around for fan? That's the question. That's the question he's asking. Yeah. Um, let's just go ahead and say, yeah, because the TFAR fund's going to come through and fan's going to be a weapon vertically like he should be. Instead yeah. of like we, like we said before, I don't want fan running button hooks. When we start talking about, I mentioned straight line speed versus the shuttles and the change of directions. If tight ends could move laterally, they'd be defensive ends. They'd mm-hmm. be edge guys. Yeah, tight ends are tight ends because they're not athletic enough to play defensive end. At least that's how it works in the South. Yeah, maybe you know, not the, as much the in the big, Midwest. <laughs> the big fast guys they play def- they play defense. They play defensive yeah. end. They play outside linebacker. So you want to get him straight line pass. You want to get him moving down the seam. You want to get him the ball in motion and crosses where he can just keep his momentum going instead of turning and stopping and starting again. That's not his game. So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say yeah, Ethan, because. The quarterback is going to come and play from his strength because the TFAR fund came to fruition. Yeah. And the other thing is historically for tight ends, it takes three to four years and Fant is on a pretty good trajectory. um, Speaking from the historical baseline for tight ends. Um, He's been a soft hit. I'm curious to see what he looks like this year. Last year, he was dealing with an ankle injury for the entire season um, that he suffered in that uh, Seattle game. And also he was dealing with, uh, the sudden passing of his mother right before the season kicked off. That kind of put things in a weird situation for him. Uh, he's got to be better. He's got to work better with his uh, 
run blocking. He's got to work better with his after the catch stuff. Make guys miss as he needs to sink his hips a little lower when he's changing direction on routes, yada, yada. Um, but he's still an athletic freak. And uh, I, I would be interested in bringing him back for that fifth year option. I do like it for the players, not for the Broncos in this situation, but I do like it that it's now completely guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, maybe that's not the best for the Broncos for where they sit, but he's, he's a talented player. And if, if fan was available right now, he'd get that contract on the open market period. So is he worth it for the Broncos is the question. I mean, people right. want the athlete tight end and he can do, he can play Y he can play uh, F or uh, yeah. F um, he's, he can do a lot. F that. I disagree. You disagree. All right. No, I just wanted to say F that. And your Y tight end folks, for those at home. No, what, what I wanted to do was look up tight ends because 10 million puts you top five in cap hits for 2022. He's not a top five tight end. He doesn't get also, 10 million. He doesn't get 11 or 12 on the open market. Mm-mm. I think he would at 25 years old nope. at the athletic profile he has. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Time will reveal yeah, all truths. I mean, you look at him right now and it's George Kittle, Hunter Henry at 15, uh, Johnny Smith at 13, six, Austin Hooper at 13, two, Mark Andrews at nine, Travis Kelsey at eight, eight, Tyler Higby at eight, Kyle Pitts at seven and a half. This uh, all screams to me. Pitts. This all you screams know? to me. It doesn't matter who's paid. It matters when you're paid. And if Fant was available with the cap exploding with two or three of those guys you just named paid in the last cycle, yeah. um, I'm guessing that he's going to get paid. He's definitely better than Austin Hooper. He's definitely better than uh, that other Patriots tight end that was mentioned. Johnny there, Smith. Johnny Smith, who wasn't even really used this year for them. Um, so I think he would get paid. Um, I don't know. And also, like I said, there's, there's four, there are four tight ends over, over 10 million right now. And his option will be between 11 and 12. Yep. Be tight. It'd be close. Again, it's a good, it's a great question because yeah. it's it not close. a slam dunk. You no. know, it's a, no. there's, there's good arguments for yes. And there's good arguments for no, which will be fun. And it, it should be in his hands. Yep. It should be in his hands. Colin says when I was talking about big guys that can move. They'd be NBA power forwards. No, because six six is short in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a six six two hundred and forty pound tight end is a is a beast. Yep. But uh, you know that makes him a shooting guard, a, a fat shooting guard in the in the NBA. So it's a it's a different different level on there. Jacob coming in with more stars. Just you guys are just awesome. Um, just awesome. Come with more stars with coffee. So let me finish this one up. I can see the grounds down there. I'm going to try not to drink the stuff that uh, is, is ch- chunky coffee ends up being a little rough, but uh, buys us a cup of coffee. Thank you, Jacob. And then Michael coming back in just a moment ago, talking about press conferences. Yes. So yes. we Nick hit on this earlier. Justin Alton, Ajiro uh, Ebero, and Dwayne Stukes will be introduced today on a press conference. Um, so that'll be good. I'll have some cut ups for y'all. Uh, once those are done and they at the latest they'll be up tomorrow morning on the show too. So I'll sit through the boring stuff and see if I can find anything that's interesting uh, that they can say and cut them up into snippets for you on, on the, the mile high huddle uh, YouTube page. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm really curious as far as sometimes I wish I was in that room and I wish Michael, I had, you're killing me here in a good way. He, Michael's coming back in with another 3000 stars. Oh my goodness. Great show today on Broncos. You're awesome, Breakfast dude. I love Nathan it. Scott. Thank you so much, Michael. Hope you're doing well down there in Tucson, Arizona. Hopefully it's you aren't getting hit with the cold front that we got hit with here in Seattle. Um, but uh, absolutely. And uh, I got to get to this with Colin Wood. 
Um, we're awfully patient with Fant and Judy, but not so much others who shall remain unnamed. Um, the the issue with quarterback is that they're only one that can take the field, and it's not a rotation of players. And also, it's one where the bar is higher. I'm okay living with a top 20 tight end because you know, there's a lot of different options, and you can rotate them. If it's if you're not a top 12, top 10 quarterback, I probably hate you. Um, so uh, that's <laughs> it's really it's, it's it's a different perspective, um, and it should be because the quarterback is that much more valuable. Well, and I'm not saying. See. I'm not saying boot drew lock into the, you know, you are into the sun by any means, but going to have to go out there and compete um, without a doubt. And part of it's envy. You heard me say, you heard me rip off some money on there about tight ends. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me change that to quarterback for the top guys. Cap hit 2022. What did I say? There were four guys over 10 million. Number one, 48, six, number two, 46, six, number three, 45, number four, 40. Number five, 38, six. Number six, 37. These guys are making four or five yeah. times the money. We have a lot less patience as human beings when we yeah. see that dollar sign next to them. Not only because, as Nick is saying, it's, and this isn't about Drew Locke. This is about the, the top quarterbacks in general because this is what Matt Ryan gets in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, it's not just that only one can take the field, so he's the guy. It's also, if they've got that big cap hit, it's hindering your ability to spend in other places too. So I, uh, I get it for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, it's a big deal. And uh, I was saying that Colin, he should get a top 10 contract because of his age. Not that he is top 10 right now, but he's been, his statistics line up pretty well with uh, what you want for where he's at at his age. Close. Hopefully it gets, hopefully he's it gets close. better. With, yeah. I mean, he's, he's still an athletic freak and that's one that, that, matters more than the quarterback position. It's more translatable. I want it for my quarterback too, but alas. And also, yeah, shout out to Drew Locke. Congrats to him. Um, Drew Locke got engaged over the weekend. That's great. I mean, I know that we talk in ridicule and critique to no end on here, but human being hoping for nothing but the best for him. And the uh, fact that he's engaged yeah, now with the girl that he's he, been with he's for a while. enough money to, to live yeah. for the rest of his life if he's been good with it. So, you know, yep. enjoy, no matter what happens, you know, yep. enjoy the family and, and be happy, dude. Be happy. Yep. yep. And, it's uh, uh Ryan coming in. Ryan, I don't recognize the name, but I'll rec I'll remember it now. One, because it's close enough to like I've got a cousin Ryan and a wife Ryan, and no, we're not all from the South. Um, but uh very easy to remember. And then the Chelsea background and my new Chelsea kit this is the first day I've worn this one too. This is the, the the this year's Champions League kit. So they play, they do play today. And Elliot D coming in with a super from Paige, Arizona. Thank you for the content. I miss football already. I wouldn't mind Ryan or Winston in Denver getting snaps. Uh, Ryan is a much better quarterback than I think he gets credit for. Yeah, um, he is. The, the mismanagement of that team, we could do a whole pod on it. If you want to, we can tomorrow morning uh, over on, on my channel. If we want to get into the mismanagement of the Atlanta Falcons, we can. Trust yeah. me. I'll, I'll be all in on that one. Winston, Drew Locke's best would be Jameis Winston. Um, yeah. A guy that's going to throw 35 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. I don't know that you I don't know that you want Jameis Winston. You might as well just just turn Drew Locke loose. Go. Unleash. Get it. <laughs> Unleash him. Go. Have fun out there. Throw it everywhere. You know, I mean, there were talks that, you know, oh, Jameis Winston's gonna be so much better this year because he got his eyes fixed. He was colorblind. That was yeah. that was Vinny Testaverde, too. He's getting lazy. It's Vinny Testaverde was colorblind through a ton of interceptions. Yep. Um, you know, and James coming in says James uh, that Jameis Winston tore up his knee. He did, and he was playing really well. But playing really well under Sean Payton 
is, is a different animal than coming into a new team yeah. uh, and, and playing really well for a team that has struggled offensively. So I, I don't, I don't want Jameis Winston, unless you're playing the Falcons. Um, Jameis Winston has lit up the Falcons. His career rating against the Atlanta Atlanta Falcons is better than the, the career rating for Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. So, yes, he literally turns into a better version of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes when he's playing Atlanta twice a year. So the Panthers might want him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of, of Jameis Winston as a, as a guy. Maybe if you're looking to 2023 – and we're going to package four picks together to move up to number one or number two, maybe a bridge guy, but uh, not as a long-term guy. He's, and he's actually still pretty young. He really he is. is. It seems like he's been around forever, but he, ha- he hasn't been around. And Elliot, thank you so much. Appreciate yeah. you being here. Um, we have a lot of fun on the show and we're so glad that you are too. And there was a couple months ago. Uh, and I remember this sticking out. Someone said, um, would love the show. I wish it was supported better. Um, that in the comments saying we really like the show, but I wish it got the support of you know the evening shows. It does now, thanks to you. It it, yeah. it absolutely does. It gets the support of the evening shows, which means at the very least we're going to do more of them. We're not going anywhere because you guys have made that turn this into a viable product for us, and we can't thank you enough. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Somebody had a question about um, interior defensive linemen that the Broncos could target if the Broncos trade down to the Garth somehow end oh, that up was in part like, of his i was you know you talk oh. get me talk about chelsea i start forgetting about defensive tackles but that was ryan um, lots interior, of interior defensive line yeah there is some good interior defensive line that said does every single one fit what denver wants to do um if this is a team that's not it's going to be using more gap and a half technique up front and space eating to minimize the number of bodies in the run defense and that way to maximize coverage bodies in the back end um you're going to want more clogging power guys with some length and uh, a wide base. So Jordan Davis makes sense. I think he's going to be a little expensive based on what he brings to the table. He's not Vita Vea. He's not Vita Vea. Uh, He's not even Dexter Lawrence as far as the athleticism goes. Um, So I wouldn't take him in that top 15 range, top 20 range myself. Um, I would much rather sit there and take Travis Jones at 40, um, who is pretty darn close to Jordan Davis, maybe not as good of a run player, but I think equally explosive and uh, can play the same niche. Um, so uh, you are looking for some defensive linemen there. I'm looking for somebody, personally, I'm looking for somebody who can do some nose technique, whether it be zero or one, and still offer enough pass upside juice where they are not off the field in sub packages all the time. Now, obviously, you're going to rotate because it's the defensive line, but that's that's what I'm looking for. And I think Travis Jones can be that guy. Um, Absolutely. The, the guys that I like, again that I think are scheme independent is someone like Devontae Wyatt or Perry on Winfrey who are right at that 290 to 305 range who I think yeah. can play a three, four end, but also slide inside and play a four, three defensive tackle and should be available in that 25 to 45 range. And if Jones is gone, when you're picking, if you don't trade back and want Davis at 15 or something, I don't think you want him at nine. That's it's questionable. No. You know, maybe you take a flyer on John Ridgeway out of Arkansas, 330 pounds in the third or fourth to plug in and be that rock, that solid guy in the middle of your three, four defense. So, so we will see, we, we will see on those, but there's a lot of good, again, said it earlier, I'll say it again, a lot of good guys in the trenches that you love those picks in the second and third round this, in this draft. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of, I've been thinking a lot about Kentucky. Maybe it's because they beat Iowa in the 
the playoffs. I also really think Will Levis is a fun quarterback prospect for next year, but they had a guy who was like six, four, three sixty, um, former four-star recruit Marquan McCall, uh, who eats some, some space and intrigues me a bit as a day three pick at the, uh, nose tackle position. So we'll see. Um, that's definitely a position that Broncos need to invest in. Um, but you got to have the board fall your way. As far as talking about Jameis Winston earlier, the thing that intrigues me about Jameis Winston is that he has spent the last two years working underneath Sean Payton in last season. While, uh, it was an abbreviated season and definitely heavily influenced by how badly the saints whipped the Packers week one. Um, his EPA was excellent. Um, as far as the targets, and that was a Saints team that was pretty devoid of talent on the boundary. Uh, Michael Thomas was not playing last year. The best they had was, uh, oh God, the the wide receiver who got like kicked out of Florida, or I can't remember his, Callaway. It doesn't narrow it down. Yeah, God, sorry, uh, Callaway, Mar- Marquez Callaway. Um, I think is his name. Anyway, they were really devoid of talent. Um, at the pass yeah, catcher Marquez position, Marquez Callaway. Yep, outside of uh, Alvin Kamara. So Jameis Winston does intrigue me to an extent. And Scott, I was listening to a shout out to not a competitor, but um, the athletic podcast uh, with uh, Nate Tice, former son of uh, Mike Tice, the coach um, mm-hmm. for a long time in the NFL and uh, Robert Mays, I believe over the athletic athletic. And they were talking about the the scheme for uh, this West Coast scheme, Kyle Shanahan and uh, Sean McVay. And they made a point that I'd never even thought about. Um this scheme is meant to give your quarterback, your young quarterback, easy answers because it's considered one of the least mentally demanding uh, schemes for the quarterback. But keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid, and I agree with you. But has there ever been a young quarterback, a good young quarterback, that has developed in this system? The answer is the answer is no. The answer is no, which is wild to me. Um, but the only one you can make an argument for that was drafted and developed and became a good player in this Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay-esque West Coast scheme was Kirk Cousins. The rest of these guys that were dominant in the scheme were veterans running other more demanding schemes first and then plugged into the scheme. You talk about Matt Ryan. You talk about Aaron Rodgers. You talk about Matt Stafford. None of these quarterbacks were developed in this West Coast scheme. And with the Broncos, I keep hearing veteran quarterback, veteran quarterback, not quarterback in the draft this year, veteran quarterback. So it's, it's interesting. Now your sample size isn't massive because I, say, this... I want to look, I want to look and see the circumstance on that. You yeah. know, what is if you're running that offense in the, in Jacksonville and you draft your number one guy and he goes, we'll see, we'll, we'll have a better idea because now Shanahan has earned the right for three more years. You oh, know, yeah. he's, he's sick. So we're going to get to see, I, I, I believe we're going to get to see Trey Lance grow up and develop in that system. Cause what yeah. are the circumstances like where you're coming into a team, you know, Sean McVay, he, they're, they're in a, they were in a win now, you know, they, they were, they got close, they did well. And they're like, okay, this is what we need. We're going to go get it. And we're going to win this thing. So again, with a small sample size, I, I, I love the data. And then I want to ask questions. Yeah. But you know, I don't it, have the it, answers. I'm, I'm literally, yeah. I'm asking the questions. I'm not, I'm not saying, Oh no, this is why I, I want to know why. Yeah. It's, it's just a really interesting uh, data point. And they talked about it on the show about, um, how in the Shanahan scheme, it's meant to bake in answers no matter the coverage. Stars coming in from Michael again. God bless you, Michael. You're amazing. <laughs> um, that the answers are baked into it, and a young quarterback will get to that check down based on the read, um, which is equivalent to a single. But a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan, who have seen other things and have had more on their plate mentally, will be like, you know what? That check down's there. But based on the coverage and all these other things, I know that this backside dig is going to be open, um, which is the equivalent of a triple. You're not seeing from that from that young quarterbacks because by design, you're supposed to get to that check down, but these other quarterbacks who have had more on their plate mentally, um, 
can get to that backside because of, uh, again, they're just more cerebral players post snap. So again, I just, it's, I thought that was fascinating. Not a massive sample size. Football's not a massive sample size sport, but should uh, maybe something to dig into more. Going, going, just going back to Jameis Winston to finish this. They were, he was playing phenomenally last year. Mm -hmm. And what happened the last time someone, and he he had seven games and he was, what happened the last time someone went five and oh with half the stats that Jameis Winston did for New Orleans? Teddy. The Carolina Panthers came and gave that guy a three-year, $66 million Teddy Bridgewater contract is what happened. Yep. So Jameis, once he goes through his pro days and gets evaluated by the, the medical examiners, examiners because he's a he's an arm guy. He's not a runner. He can run, but he's he's all about that right arm of his. Once he's the knee is stable and all those things, he's going to be on deck to get paid because he's still young. Like I said, he, yep. it feels like he's been around forever. He came he's into the league 27 years old. He just turned 28, January 6th. His birthday's right next to mine. So he just turned 28. He's got another dozen years in this league. And if he plays like he did to start last year, and it was it was seven games. He had you know, 14 touchdowns against, what, three interceptions? Yeah, no, he you was. multiply that by two and you go 28-6. Yep. I'll take that. I'll take, that's going to make you a $30 million quarterback. Yeah, and just also for those of you out there that are not as I'm be- definitely better with my defensive scheming than offensive scheming as far as my knowledge base. Um, but uh, Sean McVay, renowned that this scheme puts as much on the quarterback mentally pre-snap and post-snap as any scheme in football. And uh, Jameis Winston has been in there for two years now, having and hopefully working out some kinks. So, um, I that this is a long way for me to say that I'm intrigued. I, I would want to see what the contract looks like. I want to see what the market looks like, but I'm not ready to be totally out on him because if there's anybody in this cycle that I think is a available, possibly available guy that could end up being a home run hit, I think it's Jameis Winston. I, I really do, but I don't want to backtrack a little bit from a yeah. no to to a maybe, but he, he scares me. I mean, oh, you're absolutely. still talking about a guy. 135 touchdowns, 91 interceptions. You know, he's one year removed from a 33 touchdown, 30 interception. He had yep. double-digit interceptions his first five years in the league. Um, and not just double digits. I'm talking like, you know, 18, yep. uh, 14, 15, 30. Um, yep. You know, there's can he mature? Yeah, again, he's still young. He's playing last year at 27 years old. Yep. Can he mature? Can he become a smarter quarterback? You know, willing to play more Matt Ryan-esque with a bigger arm, you know, it's like, okay, I could maybe split those two safeties down there, or, you know, I can, I can hit my back and pick up 15 yards in a first down. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, But I do think that he played his way into a a $30 million a year type of contract. And then I'm out. And then I'm out. Um, But again, talking about it with the West coast offense, the Kyle Shanahan McVay one, somebody like Jameis Winston who can go beyond and is also an incredibly intelligent as far as academically speaking uh player i mean offers from stanford uh, etc they've always talked about how intelligent he is um and then two years in sean mcveigh uh now you're coming to a system where the answers are baked into you but you still have playing beyond those answers i just i'm, I'm intrigued by the the matchup i do wonder if coming off the knee injury that changes things what the market's going to look like and if he has enough mobility that you want to run that uh, the boots and the zone um, to hold that backside edge defender off those uh, zone stretches. But again, I am just, if there's anyone in this cycle that is not going to cost you a bunch of draft capital, et cetera, et cetera, that intrigues me. I think, I don't think it's one that I would write off yet. I'm glad you kind of 
circle back on that because I'm just I'm intrigued. I want to see what the market looks like. When we uh, when we started this, I didn't think we'd spend 10 minutes talking about Jameis Winston. But yep. you know what? We've talked about a lot of quarterbacks too much. So it was nice kind of digging into uh, someone new for a change. Yep. On that note, I think it's about time we get us you get us out of here. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much, Ethan, uh, Michael Ronquillo, Mark, uh, everybody else coming in, giving Jacob. us this, the stars today. Jacob today Miguel, coming in multiple times with the stars. Miguel, Addison, Elliot D. Too many to in. name. So yeah, you it, guys it's are just great. awesome, guys. We love you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Sorry we didn't get to every single comment. Um, Like Scott said earlier, we weren't sure what the market would be like when we first started the show, but it's really kind of blossomed and uh, a lot of people in here. So, um, again, if you don't agree with anything we say in here, you know, let us know. Let's have a conversation about it. Uh, find me on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH. Um, I've been in work like crazy this week, so hopefully I have a little bit more time <laughs> for the rest of the week. So I can get you on Twitter. Come at, come at me. Let's have a fun conversation. Uh, Scott Kennedy, you can follow him on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, please go to or if you have a Facebook, please go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Follow us on there as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Uh, if you guys are on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share to this show um, on YouTube as well as following. Oh, I'm going to interrupt you, Nick. Yeah, you should. You should. Go ahead. Uh, DWI guys, Ethan coming in from uh, from England, home of the champions of Europe, Chelsea Football mm-hmm. Club, who play in the Champions League today at 3 o'clock Eastern. Watch leg one. They play two games. So the first one can be a little cagey sometimes. Yep. So I know Ethan will be watching. I'll be watching. He says, thanks, gents. Great show. You mean the yep. world to us, man. It yeah, can't, can't explain it. It, yep. it really does. It lets, you know, being able to do this for a, a living to a certain yep. extent is a blessing. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, you guys be like Ethan. Um, because I know he's subscribed to the show for sure. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share to this channel on YouTube, um, wherever your socials are, your Facebook groups. You have some Bronco buddies or whatnot saying, hey, I'm hanging out in the morning with uh, Nick and Scott, and I got my cup of coffee on my drive home or my drive to work. Um, why don't you join me as well? They're a fun time, and uh, even though they, you know, speak dumbassery where that's the word of the day uh constantly uh we have a good time so um that's that's what it's about you know right we're we're filling the void and having a good time and hopefully learning something and having a laugh along the way but please subscribe like and share on youtube we'll be live on scott's channel tomorrow i'm not sure exactly what we're going to talk about yet on scott's channel no that's you know what there's been talk and this will this will help decide it there's been talk of the falcons inquiring about jordan love with the green bay packers again it's all cyclical so that yep. might be something we will talk about Aaron Rodgers. We will talk about Jordan Love on our show tomorrow on my channel. Yep. And maybe we'll have resolution. Lord only knows, but uh, make sure you're following at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Also, guys, if you're listening after the fact or you have an iTunes in general, I'm a podcast psychopath. I listen to everything on two times speed as well. And just constant information churn. I listen to podcasts way more than I listen to music. Just give me all the info I can. I just want to have it all. Um, make sure you go into Apple Podcasts. Leave us your, a five-star rating and a review and a chance to win some swag every single month. Um, let's get on out of here before we talk pretty soon. We got DWI guys saying go Chelsea. Trevor just joined us a little late. Morning, Trevor. Sorry. Uh, going to have to listen after the fact on the podcast side of things. And uh, best you Hit the YouTube. Hit the comments in, on YouTube. That's where I go look. Um, usually... Maybe a couple hours after the show, I check there uh, two or three times after every show. So that's where I go is to the YouTube comments on Mile High Huddle, the Broncos for Breakfast. I'll check the comments on there and and uh, and talk about it. Yep. And real quick, Wyatt, 
I'm sorry, Scott, I keep dragging this out because I have too much fun in the mornings with you guys. <laughs> um, what's the line with Locke as far as what he has to do to stay or not? God, um, I don't even know what it looks like. Uh, if Locke plays great, it's, it's the Broncos. This is another reason that you really want to find, give yourself further solutions at the quarterback position because you have three years of data on Locke. Now say what you will about the circumstances surrounding him. It's been up and down. I think everybody can agree on that. Um, but you only have one year of control left with Drew Locke. So if he plays great, is he going to want to come back? Is he going to mark himself out of price range, which you'd be willing to pay having him be, be here? Is he given everything that's happened here? Is he going to want to stay here? Um, who knows? Uh, so you do have him for one more year. He's cost controlled. He's young. He's got enough athleticism and arm talent for me. Um, threshold wise to be a dude um, hasn't been a dude yet, but uh, I don't know. It's a tough situation. And that's the reason you want to give yourself uh, other, other avenues to go forward because that one year of control makes it tough. That's the cost control the years of control. That's it's terminal for lock. All right. And here's my answer. A winning record nine and eight or better and a two to one touchdown interception ratio or better. Two Anything under that and he's gone. Yep. I'll even raise it two and a half to one. Um, we love I'll you guys too. You know, if he goes, yeah. if he goes 28 and 14 touchdowns, interceptions, yep. you know, I, I, I kind of poke fun at the guys. Like, oh, well, Garden Minshew got another chance. He threw 15 interceptions. He threw 35 touchdowns. Yeah. You know, that's the part that you guys leave off is that the one-to-one -one touchdown to interception ratio ain't going to cut it. Yeah. Even if they're, even if they go, you know, 10 and seven, if he's one-to-one -one again, which he's been for his career, they're moving on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Who knows what the Broncos quarterback situation. Uh, congrats to Drew Lock on getting engaged. Hopefully we get some information about Rodgers today. Everybody tune in to see what uh, Justin Outen, Ejiro Ivaro, and special teams coordinator, whose name is escaping me right now, um, have to say. I really hope that the Broncos media in person pushes those guys on some uh, schematic preferences, but we'll see. Oh. Scott, yeah, Scott is, oh, that's going to happen. Ah, man, I would be <laughs> digging into these guys. And we got Jacob again, one more time, for good measure. Thank you so much, Jacob, for the stars. Uh, we'll see. Big stars, too. Big stars. Just, guys, kill it. That's amazing. Take the rest of the day off. You I'm actually going to. I'm actually going to see uh, taking my son to his first uh, concert. We're going oh, wow. to see. We're going to see Tremonti and Seven Dust tonight. Okay, is that that sounds like heavy metal? It's hard rock. Okay, I think it's I've heard of Seven Dust. Um, and yeah. how was uh how was birthday shenanigans yesterday? Oh, it was fun. It was fun. Good. The boy, the, my 12 year old can freaking shoot. Hmm. I mean, we're talking patterns like this. It was. Better okay. than me. Mine. I blame my eye. I had a pattern like this, except the bullseye was over here. Uh, <laughs> I can show you a picture of it. It's hilarious. I'm like, this yeah. is the difference between precision and accuracy. Very yeah, precise. I was just going to say. A pattern like this. It's all like every single hole, every single yeah. shot hit every single one, it, like hit another of my shots. Yeah. But they were all about four and a half inches down to the left. <laughs> Man, Scott, you just made my statistical nerd heart skip when you talk about precision versus accuracy. I love it. Um, you Very guys can, precise. Accuracy, yeah. not so yeah. much. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we're going to get on out of here. You guys have a great rest of your day. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. We'll see you tomorrow on Scott's channel. We'll see you tonight on Building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning. Broncos country.